Greetings and salutations and welcome to Full Time, brought to you by the Game Sports Show and the Game Entertainment and Media, sponsored by Thrush Creative. Scott Nason with you as we are joined once again this week by co-host Daniel Scarpino, as Daniel and I will spend this broadcast discussing the world of soccer and the beautiful game. Daniel, how are you doing on this snowy Thursday night in the Twin Suit? Uh, I'm doing really well, Scott, despite the fact that it's uh, snowing and it's cold and a whole lot of shoveling and what have you. I'm doing really, really well. How are you? I'm doing great, Daniel. Is this our December edition of Full Time? Our next edition will be after the holidays in early January. And Daniel, we got so much to cover. Let's start with the Champions League in Europe as yesterday, the group, well, actually today rather, the group stages were completed, and we do know the 16 teams that have advanced to the knockout stage. And let's start with Tuesday's results as we'll go through each group and give our comments. And Daniel and Group A, really no surprises here as far as the teams advancing. Uh, Manchester City topped the group and are one of the eight-seeded teams into the knockout stage draw, which will be this upcoming Monday as they topped a group with 12 points despite losing at Leipzig 2-1 to on Tuesday. PSG, they also advanced to the knockout stages as they topped Club Brugge 4-1 to on Tuesday. And Leipzig will end up being in the Europa League as they finish in third place. Daniel, we thought all along that Man City and PSG would be 1-2. and two. Maybe a, a slight surprise that Man City's 1 and PSG's 2. Uh, your thoughts on that group? Well, I think we got it spot on, Scott, in the sense that we knew where uh, Man City and PSG ultimately would land and where they would end up. And I think for all intents and purposes, we could probably make a solid case and a solid argument that they weren't truly pushed. That being said, we knew that they would finish one and two in whatever order. And I guess the only sort of negative thing for either side would be that Man City's Kyle Walker has picked up a red card, so he'll be suspended and Pep Guardiola is not too happy about that. And a little bit of uh, discontent at PSG with the manager. A lot of speculation that he might go elsewhere. But regardless, they're both through as as we thought that they would be. There was certainly uh, plenty of drama in Group B on Tuesday. Uh, we knew that Liverpool was the group winner as they traveled to take on AC Milan, who, after getting off to a horrible start in the group stage, were still in contention for the second-place spot, along with Porto and Atletico Madrid And Tuesday's matches. At one point, all three of those teams were in position to take that second spot, but Milan ended up losing to Liverpool by the score of 2-1. to one. Liverpool wins all six of their matches in that group, and that loss opened the door for Atletico Madrid in a wild match against Porto that featured a couple red cards and certainly lots of drama. Atletico advances to the knockout stage as they knock off Porto by the score of 3-1, to one, and Porto will go down to the Europa League as they finished in third, while Milan is eliminated. I don't think we thought Liverpool, Daniel, would be this good at least I did winning all six matches and really having no drama and and, you know having Atletico take the second spot you know it could have gone to Porto it could have gone to Milan your thoughts on Group B well Liverpool were ever dominant in Group B and like you said I didn't expect them to be as dominant as they were I figured that they would get one of the top two spots I didn't know which one but they were uh, they were class in all six games that they played and I think that if they can keep uh, they're starting 11 healthy, and I've been consistent with this statement all throughout. I think that um, 
they'll be favorites not only in the Champions League, but also in, to be one of the t- uh, title challengers in the Premier League, which we'll talk about later. But uh, I think Atletico, for me, they got through on uh, pure fight, desire, and will. Uh, they conceded more than they scored, which is a little bit of a concerning sign going into the knockout stage. So they weren't overly impressive. But like you said, that second spot could have went to anybody, and Atletico found a way. They sure did. In Group C, uh, speaking of domination, Ajax, who I was very high on starting uh, this tournament. I didn't think they'd win all six matches and score 20 goals and give up five, but they did as they knocked off Sporting on Tuesday, uh, 4-2. to two. Sporting already locked up the second spot, so they advanced to the knockout stages while Borussia Dortmund, they would win uh, against Besiktas 5-0, and they'll be in the Europa League. Uh, certainly, Daniel, uh, I thought Ajax had a very good chance to win this group but the way they won it certainly that was mm-hmm. a surprise I think to a lot of people yeah I mean we we often think about Ajax as being a really organized side and a side that's always capable of challenging and competing but they were really dominant not only were they organized they were um, they were really on the front foot in just about every single game that they played and they were a real joy to watch so like you said 20 goals scored only five conceded they were brilliant um, I think that for me anyways, that uh, Dortmund, they weren't at their best, and I expected a lot more from them. I thought that they definitely would have gotten the top two spots. That was kind of the, the first one out of the first three groups that I got wrong, but um, I think that they'll be in for a real shout uh, to win the Europa League if, uh, if they can start to turn things around a little bit. Yeah, there's certainly going to be some good teams going down to the Europa League, which we'll uh, briefly touch on here after this. Uh, group D, Daniel, uh, Real Madrid uh, wins the group as they knocked off Inter Milan 2-0. Inter does get that second spot and advance to the knockout stage. Uh, Sheriff out of Moldova, got to be pretty happy you know, with mm-hmm. their campaign, uh, you know, winning a couple matches, including at Real Madrid. They'll be playing in the Europa League as they finish third. Uh, again, not any surprise here, Real and Inter. We, we knew they were going to be the two teams, and they were, in fact, the two teams. But it did take a little while before we really knew for sure. Well, and that's exactly it, Scott. I mean, we, we did get it spot on in the sense that we knew that Real Madrid and Inter Milan were going to make it. Uh, they did both have a little bit of a struggle, some start, if you will. But in group stage play, especially when you're playing as many games as they have with, with playing six games, it's not like it's one or two games, class tends to always prevail. And these two teams were head and shoulders above the other two. And that's why they are where they are. Uh, I think in the knockout stage, they're going to come up, obviously, against more difficult competition. So I'm not really sure how they're going to fare. But we knew all along that they were going to get the top two spots. And well done to Sheriff as well for getting into the Europa League, because that's no small uh, that's no small silver medal for them. Let's let's put it that way. Moving on to Wednesday's matches in Group E. I don't think there's another team playing as well internationally as Bayern Munich as they absolutely roll through this group, winning all six matches, outscoring opponents 22-3, to and they knocked out Barcelona out of the Champions League. We haven't said that in about 20 years, Daniel, <laughs> as Bayern wins 3-0 at home. Uh, Barcelona finishes third and will play in the Europa League in six group play matches. Barcelona scored just two goals. That is unbelievable. Benfica, they finish second as they knock off Dynamo Kiev on Wednesday, 2-0, in advance to the knockout stage. Certainly, uh, we all thought Bayern would win this group, but Barcelona, boy, oh, boy, Yes, they have a new manager, and domestically they're doing a little bit better, but is it to the point where this team just can't compete 
at this level internationally. Uh, you look over the last few years, Daniel, matter of fact, uh, you know, just looking at some of the results uh, against the, you know, the upper echelon of teams, Barcelona's not there. They've lost pretty much all those matches. Uh, certainly, uh, Xavi Hernandez has a uh, lot to sort out as manager of Barcelona. Yeah, I couldn't agree with you more, Scott. And uh, I think just as it pertains to Barcelona, I wouldn't say that they've necessarily fallen off a cliff because they're still there in La Liga and they have been over the past several years. They're still there in the Champions League now being bumped down to the Europa League for the first time in 17 years. That being said, like you really only to score two goals in six matches, that's deeply concerning. So they are on on the on the way down shall we say and they're not the Barcelona of old and again this is we have to remember this is not something of recent uh this is something that's been building for years and years and years and years you've accumulated debt you've spent money in the wrong areas you haven't taken care of the club the way that you needed to from an ownership point of view so it's no um it's no surprise really that they are where they are it's just shocking to see that a club like Barcelona is there and uh, th- to be fair, I'm really happy for Benfica that they got the second spot. I think they fully deserved it. And uh, Bayern Munich, they're about the most dynamic team in the world of football right now. It doesn't matter what system they play, what tactics. They just they look brilliant in every facet of their play. But, yeah, like you said, Javier Hernandez has his hands full at Barca. I do believe that he has the capacity to turn it around. But, my God, it's going to take some work. Yeah, it's going to take a lot of work indeed. Group F in the Champions League, Manchester United, despite all their troubles this season, uh, finishes first in the group and advances to the knockout stage as they already had things locked up on Wednesday, playing to a 1-1 draw against the young boys. And Atalanta and Villarreal were supposed to play yesterday, but uh, lots of snow in Atalanta. Mm -hmm. So that match was played today, and Villarreal ends up winning and grabbing that second spot. Uh, yeah, I really thought Atalanta was going to get that second spot, Daniel. But uh, Manchester United, you know, you know, certainly getting lots of press. They've changed managers, but you know, they just keep on rolling, and they're in the uh, seeded teams in the knockout stage uh, for the Champions League. Absolutely, yeah. And there was a bit of uncertainty, obviously, over the past couple of months with Solskjaer and uh, changing managers and not knowing basically how United was going to play, but. I think what kind of saved their bacon in, in the Champions League is that they were able to rescue points late in matches on a few different occasions. They end up with a 3-2-1 yep. and one record, and they, they get top of the group, and it was pretty tight uh, in terms of the second and third position, obviously, as Villarreal and Atalanta played today. I really did think that Atalanta would get the second spot. Um, as we know, in a game of football, anything can happen, and Villarreal get through, and it's, uh, it is what it is, as they say. But, um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how both men, United and Villarreal, fare, uh, fare in the next round when it comes to the knockouts. And I do believe that Atalanta now dropping down to the Europa League, I think that they'll do very well there. We knew Daniel going into it, Group G was uh, one that was very hard and even after all the matches, I don't know if I've still figured it out, but they have <laughs> the standings as every team had a chance to advance yesterday. It will be Lille and Red Bull Salzburg advancing. Lille won at Wolfsburg on Wednesday, 3-1. to one. Uh, They topped the group and will be one of the eight-seeded teams, while Salzburg earned a one nothing win over Sevilla. Sevilla. Sevilla will finish third and play in the Europa League. And if I'm one of those second-seeded teams, and we'll talk about one in a moment, no no offense to Lil, but I would want to draw them because I think this by far was probably the weakest group and, and certainly one of the least entertaining groups. You had lots of draws, lots of low-scoring matches. Just not a lot really happened in this group, Daniel. 
Yeah, I couldn't agree more, Scott. And like we were saying all throughout the group stage for Group G, that basically you just needed to close your eyes and point to the computer screen or point to the television set and just think, okay, well, this team's going to win today because you really had no idea. And as time went along, I kind of felt like it was going to be Sevilla who was going to possibly get one of the top two spots and uh, just wasn't meant to be. So it was an interesting group, a group of the unknowns, shall we call it. And um, it is what it is in terms of uh, the two teams moving on. But I think that both of those teams who do move on from Group G, Lille and RB Salzburg, I think they're going to have a difficult time in the knockout stage. I do as well. And in Group H, uh, these were pretty much stone-cold locks. Uh, Chelsea and Juventus advancing. Uh, both teams do. However, uh, a little bit of a surprise to me. And Chelsea certainly in a bit of a, a slump uh, to their standards. Uh, they drew at... Zen at St. Petersburg yesterday, 3-3, three to three, which opened the, the door for Juventus, who knocked off Malmo 1-0. So Juventus gets the seeded uh, team as first-place group winner, while Chelsea finishing second. Uh, no surprise here, but I, I guess I was very surprised by Chelsea's performance. Uh, certainly, this isn't the Chelsea team that we talked about on our last broadcast. They're, they're going through uh, some struggles right now. Yeah, they are, and I'll, I'll touch on that in a second, Scott. And I know for you as a fan, that's a little bit uh, difficult to see, but I truly do believe <laughs> that it's probably nothing to panic over. It's just a slight dip in form as opposed to maybe some other clubs who are really going through it. But, um, yeah, Juve topped the group, and they only have a small blemish on their record. And I would say, though, for Juve, if they want to go far in this competition, they've got to find different ways to score some goals. And, and what I do mean by that is they can't, take the same route traveled and, and, and trying to play in behind into the channels. They're going to have to have a little bit more link up play, maybe playing from the half spaces or getting balls into the box from wide areas. They're going to have to have a little bit more creativity, a little bit more imagination. And um, yeah, I, I saw that Thomas Tuchel was talking on Chelsea in their past two performances. They conceded six goals, so he's not particularly happy. But like I said, I don't think it's something that they need to panic over. I think that, Moving on in the Champions League, they'll, they'll, they will fare very well. So, Daniel, one of my favorite parts of uh, any soccer season are the draws, and we will have the knockout stage draws for both the Champions League and the Europa League on Monday. So you have the top-seeded teams to recap, Man City, Liverpool, Ajax, Real Madrid, Bayern Munich, Manchester United, Lille, and Juventus. The second-place teams, PSG, Atletico Madrid, Sporting, Inter Milan, Benfica, Villarreal, Salzburg, and Chelsea. And so they're going to draw against each other. Now, however, in this first uh, stage of the knockout rounds, you can't have Chelsea taking on Man City, Liverpool, or Manchester United. Teams from the same country cannot meet at this level. And so, Daniel, that you look at it and... Of course, you could get some very good matchups. How about a round of 16, Bayern Munich against PSG or Chelsea, Real Madrid? We could have that. We will know on our next broadcast as that round of the Champions League will start in mid-February. But I always love the draws for the World Cup, for the Euros, and for Champions League. It's a fun time to watch, and certainly uh, that's where the, uh, the, the owners and the coaches get real nervous. Who do we play? Who do we play? We'll know on Monday. Exactly. And I'm really looking forward to Monday. And, and I'm like you, Scott, in the sense that I love watching a good draw, even like something for the FA Cup. It's just entertaining and, yeah. and all the clubs get up for it. And it is a little bit concerning because in some cases you don't want to draw a top, top side. But uh, it, it, for when it does work out, I mean, if anybody's watched the Man City All or Nothing documentary, when they draw the team that they draw in the Champions League, they're 
they're they're so excited and it's it's just interesting to see. But yeah, I definitely love a good draw, Scott. Europa League finished today. We're not going to go through all the teams that advanced. However, they have made a change a bit on how they do their next round. The third place finishers from the Champions League, uh, which are Leipzig, Porto, Borussia Dortmund, Sheriff, Barcelona, Atalanta, Sevilla, and Zenit. They're going to take place in the Europa League round of 16, but they will be doing a playoff draw against the Europa League runners-up. That's a bit different from the things they've done last year with the top group teams making it to the round of 16. Uh, Dano, do you like that? I kind of do because, you know, you're going to have some good teams in there. A Barcelona, a Borussia Dortmund, a Leipzig, you know, taking on some of the some of the other squads in, in the EuroLeague. Uh, do you like that new setup? So what I, my answer is kind of down the middle, and what I mean by that is this. I do like the new setup because I think it provides a good bit of entertainment, Scott, but Jose Mourinho, uh, Jose Mourinho when he was at um, where was he? I think he was at Tottenham when he said it. Um, he said, in, in what competition in any sport do you get to come third in something and then drop down and go and compete for a trophy in another conference, if you will? And for me, that yeah. kind of put things into perspective where I, I tend to think now the third place team in the Champions League really shouldn't go through uh, to the Europa League. I think just leave the Europa League teams as they are. And, uh, and leave the Champions League teams as they are. And if you come third, well, unfortunately, you've missed out and you've got to try and go again next year. But um, this is what they've set up, and at least uh, for me anyways, it's entertaining. Scott Nason and Daniel Scarpino with you on this December edition of Full Time as we talk about the beautiful game known as soccer. And, Daniel, let's move on to the Big Five domestic leagues in Europe as play will resume this weekend. And let's start. With the Premier League, uh, this news just out this afternoon as uh, Tottenham's Premier League match against Brighton has been called off, which was scheduled for Sunday due to COVID-19 as uh, eight Spurs players have tested positive. And if you saw any of the Champions League matches, uh, quite a few were among empty stadiums. So we still are in a pandemic, which doesn't show any sign of slowing down. But getting to the Premier League, uh, it looks like it's going to be a three-horse race. However, there's some teams on the outside that might argue against me. Uh, Man City on top of the table for the first time with 35 points as they won at Watford last weekend at 3-1. to one. Liverpool right behind them with 34 points as they won at Wolverhampton 1-0. And, and the team that has been on top of the table throughout the season, Chelsea, they stumbled uh, a bit and have stumbled over the past few weeks. Uh, and a very good West Ham team, as that was a, a great match. West Ham would win that one at 3-2 to two and, and in fourth with 27 points. Tottenham in fifth with 25. Man U still in the mix in sixth with 24 points. And Arsenal in the seventh with 23. Uh, Daniel, uh, would you say it's a three-horse race or any of those other teams that I mentioned have a chance to get up there and uh, contend for the Premier League title. I think it is a three-horse race, Scott. I have to have to say that for sure. I think just based on my predictions anyways, I always thought that City would win it, Chelsea to come second, and Liverpool to come third, and I still do believe that Manchester United will get the fourth spot in time. But City are slowly, in my opinion, starting to pull away. Um, I think that Liverpool really need to keep their starting 11 healthy in order to compete for the title. Chelsea, as far as I'm concerned, with the depth that they have in their squad, they will be there. And right now, at this moment of time anyway, uh, the best of the rest is West Ham. And, um, yeah, I just I still do believe that with the new management under Ralph Ragnick, I think that Manchester United will 
find a way into the top four. But between Manchester City, Liverpool, Chelsea, it's a three-horse race for me, Scott. Yeah, I think so as well, Daniel. And certainly as a Chelsea fan, I guess if you're going to struggle, this is probably the point in the season when you can. Again, hard in European football. It's not like a lot of sports here in North America where you can have a bad stretch and then, okay, we'll get good for the playoffs. There are no playoffs, at least in the Mm -hmm. Premier League. uh, You know, every game matters. And one thing I wanted to know with Liverpool, uh, you know, they could encounter some problems in January, January when the African Cup of Nations uh, goes yeah. on, uh, including Mohamed Salah. I mean, this guy, I, I can't say enough about how good this guy has been. Every game he's scoring goals, and so that could be a, a little bit of, of a stumbling block for Liverpool. I think of the three teams, I think Man City is probably built the best for a Premier League title, but certainly uh, – this could be very exciting as we get down the wire uh, next year. I agree with you, and I think that it will pose some problems. The African uh, Cup of Nations will uh, for a few teams, Liverpool being the, the number one team in terms of uh, the team that will be impacted. Arsenal, as well, by the looks of it, will probably be impacted quite a bit. But like you said, Mohamed Salah, there's nobody on the planet right now who's playing better than him. And even when he's not scoring, like we saw in the Wolves game, he's setting up the game winner. And uh, it's it's incredible to see. So we will see what happens come uh, come January with the African Cup of Nations. And um, I'm sure that it will be a little bit of, of importance, shall we say, in terms of squad rotation for all of these teams. And that's why I think that um, the top teams having the depth that they have is going to be so important for them uh, coming down to the later stages of the season, Scott. Moving on to Serie A in Italy, AC Milan, who have been eliminated from the Champions League, can now focus their efforts domestically, and they're sitting uh, currently atop the table with 38 points. Uh, this really looks to be a good 3-4 uh, team race and maybe even more. Inter Milan right behind them with 37 points, Napoli in third with 36, Atalanta still up there playing well in fourth with 34 points, while Juventus uh, kind of slowly making their way up the table. They're tied with Fiorentina for fifth with 27 points. Uh, you know, granted, it's still early, but about a third of the season has been played. Scarps, uh, what do you make of the Serie A at this stage? Well, the top four in Serie A, they're they're phenomenal, and they've been scoring goals as as uh, anybody who's watched can see between Milan, Inter, Napoli, and Atalanta. Uh, for me, I still think that Juventus, again, like I mentioned in the Champions League, they need to find different ways to score goals because, quite simply, they haven't been scoring enough. They're kind of separated in terms of the top four. But it'll be an interesting race, I would say, for the top four come later on in the season because with 16 games having been played, it's been uh, it's been really good for those that are currently sitting in the top four. And City is looking very competitive this year, which is nice to see. La Liga has Real Madrid uh, with a bit of a cushion atop the standings. They currently sit with 39 points. Sevilla second with 31. Real Betis in third with 30, while Atletico Madrid in fourth with 29 points, along with Real Sociedad and Barcelona. We talk about them a lot. Uh, Still struggling with 23 points and in seventh place. They have played a little better domestically as of late, but uh, as far as La Liga is is Real Madrid uh, going to take this, or is there a team that's lurking behind them that you have your eye on? I think for me, Scott, I think it's going to be Real Madrid. I'm not entirely sure how you feel. I'd, I'd love to hear your opinion. But I just think that 
Sevilla, Real Betis, Atletico Madrid, Real Sociedad. I don't think that those teams have the quality that a Real Madrid has, despite the fact that Real Madrid still has difficulties and deficiencies within their own squad. Um, so I do believe that Real Madrid will take it, and I still think that Barcelona will find their way into the top four at some point. Are, are you feeling the same about Real Madrid? I really am, and you hit the nail on the head, Scarps, as far as just, uh, you know, these other teams, while very good teams, and you see how they do in uh, the Europa League and the Champions League doing very well, but that's a tough hill to climb when you take on a, a Real Madrid, you know, most seasons, although Atletico won last season, uh, you have Barcelona kind of as that other team that usually has the quality. Obviously, they don't, and so I think Real Madrid has a very good shot. I think the Premier League and Serie A, very competitive, and, and the other two leagues that we'll talk about uh, will join La Liga as not so competitive, including mm-hmm. the Bundesliga, no surprise, Bayern Munich on top with 34 points, just four points ahead of Borussia Dortmund. They had a fantastic match over the weekend with uh, Munich taking the win 3-2. to two. Um, Leverkusen in the third with 27 points, Freelberg in fourth with 24, and Hoffenheim in fifth with 23 points. Uh, Leipzig really struggling domestically, still in the bottom half of the standings with 18 points. But, boy, you watch this Bayern Munich team team scarps and yeah you know you look at that match in the champions league yesterday i mean they had nothing to play for it's snowing and it almost looked like they were in first gear for most of the match and they win three nothing over barcelona i mean this team the quality that they have at basically every position can't be matched in germany it's going to be pretty tough to be matched in all of europe in my opinion Oh, and I agree with your opinion, Scott, because uh, like I was saying about Bayern earlier, it doesn't matter the way that they play. I'm sure that they probably have three or four different uh, ways that they want to play or that they can play. Um, but like you said, against Barcelona, never really had to come out of first gear. And in uh, the Bundesliga, they scored 45 goals in their head and shoulders in terms of quality above the rest. And it's they're an incredible watch. And I really do love watching Bayern Munich play because they're always super entertaining. And you know that goals are going to be scored. Um, I would say that Dortmund are where they should have been um, probably from ages ago in that second spot. And hopefully they can try and push Bayern a little bit. But I just kind of think that Bayern are, are about two to three steps above everybody else and that they're probably going to end up walking this come the second half of the season. And uh, speaking of walking at about four or five steps ahead of everyone else, <laughs> PSG in France uh, currently leading uh, their division by 11 points, and that's hard to do at this stage of the year. We haven't played a lot of matches. 11-point lead over Rennes, um, Marseille in third with 29. Uh, you know, really, you can go through all the other teams, but, I mean, this PSG, I mean, they could have this thing clinched. I think we said on our last show by March, heck, they might have this thing locked up by late February with their run because, really, mm-hmm. I just don't see any of these other teams. Well, decent teams, I wouldn't say it's the – it's the quality of competition that you're going to see in Serie A or La Liga. Just PSG is going to run away with this, aren't they? I'd have to say so, Scott. I mean, we've been pretty consistent in terms of what we've been saying, and it wouldn't be a far stretch to say that they could lock it up by late February because uh, they're just head and shoulders in terms of quality, as you said, above the rest of the teams in Liga. And uh, for Mauricio Pochettino, the biggest thing for him is, not so much what do we have to do game in, game out in order to get results because they know they're going to get results. It's more about making sure that the players are happy and that they're kept relatively satisfied 
and putting their main focus into the Champions League. So you'd have to imagine that this is going to be a lock and that all of PSG's focus is going to be on the Champions League. And I think that's where their focus should be. Scott Nason and Daniel Scarpino with you for the December edition of Full Time, brought to you by the Game Entertainment and Media and sponsored by Thrush Creative Company. And, Daniel, we've got a, few, a couple more topics before we end our show. The MLS Cup set for this Saturday as Portland will be there as they knocked off Real Salt Lake last weekend at 2 to nothing, and they will take on the New York City Football Club as they won last weekend at Philadelphia by the score of a 2-1. to one. Uh, New York City Football Club, uh, one of the newer teams. Portland, also a new team, but uh, both teams certainly have, having a lot of success this season. Are you going to watch the MLS Cup this Saturday? I actually am, Scott, and I've been watching some of the playoffs, and occasionally I do in the season to uh, turn on to the MLS. I actually went and saw a game live back in October. I went to watch TFC when I was down in Toronto, and that was uh, nice. that was a good bit of fun. Um, but yeah, I've been, I've been definitely switched on with, uh, with my dad actually to watch, uh, the MLS playoffs. There's been some really entertaining matches, a couple of penalty kick, uh, shootouts that have been really entertaining. And I think come the final this Saturday, I think it's going to be an entertaining match. I'd like to see New York City win it. I think that they're, uh, they're an impressive and fun side to watch, but we'll see what happens. Are you going to be watching Scott? I am. I'm going to be flipping between that and the Army-Navy football game, as I, of course, was in the United States Navy, so be pulling toward the Navy and be flipping between the two games. But, yeah, you know, the MLS, we don't talk about it a lot, but, you know, this league has been around now for, what, 25-some-odd years, and and it's certainly one on the upswing. You know, adding more teams, and and you just see these stadiums. You remember when the MLS first started, they were playing in football, not football, but American football stadiums, and it just didn't have that good look or feel. And, you know, these communities really support it, communities like Toronto. community. I mean, really, you could go through the list. Uh, you know, Columbus, they have a great fan base. Nashville, you go down the list. The MLS is certainly not on par, obviously, with the level of talent, Scarps, as, you know, the Premier League. It's nowhere near that. But, you know, they're, I think they're doing a pretty good job, you know, putting a good product out there. And certainly a lot of the local communities uh, really uh, have – you know, embrace these teams. I fully agree with you, Scott. And if you take a look at the evolution and and the development of the MLS, it's been uh, astonishing over the past years. So definitely they're, they're come full circle, shall we say. And I read an interesting article last week that in the next 10 years, folks wouldn't be surprised. And and they did some statistical comparisons if uh, the MLS overtakes uh, the MLB in terms of viewership. So it'll be interesting to see yeah, within the next 10 years, but, like you said, communities are, are getting behind their their teams and their clubs, and uh, people are certainly switched on to watching it. So it's I think it's a great thing for, uh, for sport in Canada and, and America, for sure. Daniel, we'll end with World Cup qualifying. At this time next year, the World Cup will be going on, that's right, in December in Qatar or Qatar, however you want to pronounce it. But qualification will resume on January 27th. In CONCACAF, along with Asia and South America, top of the group Canada will be at Honduras, while the United States will host El Salvador. And CONCACAF got some good news uh, this past week, Daniel, as far as the fourth place team that finishes in the octagonal or among the eight teams in CONCACAF. That fourth place team will not take on a team from South America. They won't take on a team from Asia. They'll take on a team from Oceania, more than likely New Zealand, and no offense to the 
New Zealand club, but certainly you would want to take them on over in Uruguay or Venezuela or one of those South American teams. Certainly a good chance that CONCACAF could get four teams in and a very good chance that Canada and the United States will be two of those four teams. I don't, yeah, I, I fully agree with that. And I'm hoping that the trend continues in the second half of games here with, uh, with having played eight and now they're on the back half, of course, with, uh, it's, it's six left to go. So yeah, the, the fourth, the fourth place finisher will be delighted to play a, a side like New Zealand instead of playing, like you said, a Uruguay. Um, certainly better odds if, if it does come to that. And yeah, it'd be interesting to see if four teams could get in from CONCACAF, but. Hopefully Canada and the United States can continue their run of form because uh, they've been playing some good stuff. And I'd love to see them in the 2022 World Cup because we know that we'll all be there for the the one after that. Yes, we will. And finally, Daniel, the uh, European playoff draw was a, a few weeks ago, but Italy or Portugal will not be at the World Cup because they were drawn into the same uh, path, if you will. The matchups for the playoffs in Europe, which will be, I believe, in early March, late September, March 24th, rather, is when the playoffs will start Start in Group A. Scotland takes on Ukraine. Wales will take on Austria. The winners of those two matches will play each other, and then one of those four teams advances to the World Cup. Path B has Russia against Poland, Sweden against the Czech Republic, and Path C, Italy and Portugal, both get home matches in the semifinals. Italy will take on North Macedonia, and Portugal will take on Turkey with the winners of that one making it to the World Cup. And certainly we saw Italy not in the last World Cup, Daniel. And I know uh, you of Italian descent will certainly want them in this World Cup. Can you imagine an Italy-Portugal match to get to the World Cup? I don't think you have to imagine it. I think it's happening in March. I think it's a great likelihood that it will happen. I'm not suggesting that Italy and, and Portugal are definitely going to win their semifinals because I'm sure that, you know, North Macedonia and Turkey will put up good fights respectively. But um, I, when, when it originally came out that they drew the same path, I was really disappointed because, number one, I want Italy to be at the World Cup. And obviously, having gone into this playoff, I want them to have the easiest path possible so that they can get there. And at the same time, I want to see Portugal at the World Cup because I want to see Ronaldo play. And the reality of it is one of them's not going to be there. So if and when Italy and Portugal do play to try and get into the FIFA World Cup, I think it's uh, it's going to be an absolute classic. And uh, I mean, I'm sure that my my nerves will be shot when and if that day comes. But we will (laughs) see what happens come uh, come March the 24th. I'm going to try and not be stressed about it until that time comes around. Lots of time to wait, and hopefully you won't get too stressed out. Scott Nason and Daniel Scarpino with you for our December edition of Full Time. And, Daniel, uh, certainly over the holidays, the soccer world doesn't stop. As a matter of fact, it's some of the best uh, couple weeks, in my opinion, for Mm -hmm. soccer in the Premier League and some of the other leagues. So we'll do another edition here in early January, probably the first week or so of January. So I wanted to... Wish you and your family a very uh, happy holiday season. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Thanks for joining us on this December edition of Full Time and look forward to talking to you in 2022. We thought 2021 might be a little more of a return to normal year. Not quite so. Let's hope 2022 uh, does a little better than this year. Well, let's hope, Scott, and um, I'm definitely looking forward to coming back and speaking with you early January. Thanks to everybody who tuned in. 
here tonight and um, as well. Merry Christmas to you and your family, Scott, and to everybody who's watching, I hope, uh, listening rather. I'm hoping that uh, you'll have a good holiday season. Yes, indeed. And we appreciate all our listeners. And you can find this show on the website, thegamesportshow.com, thegamesportshow.podbean.com, or just look up the Game Sports Show on any podcast site, Apple, Spotify. Just go through the list. We are there, and you can find full time on any of those platforms. That's going to do it for this December edition of Full Time, brought to you by the Game Sports Show and the Game Entertainment and Media and sponsored by Thrush Creative. And we will back be back with you in early January for our next edition of Full Time. Have a great night and talk to you soon.